This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, are you like me and having received a wave of emails from companies you either buy products from or follow over the last couple of weeks telling you how they were doing during this coronavirus outbreak and that they would be there to support you? I'm sure there's quite a few of you out there. Consumers are still very much the focus of most companies, even with many of them slowing operations, having workers at home or laying them off. Many of those consumers have also been falling back into what is seen as a historic pattern of stocking up on things, toilet paper, paper towels, canned goods, and more. Deborah Small, marketing professor and professor of psychology here at the Wharton School, uh, joins us to take a look at both of those topics right now. Deborah, great to catch up with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So why is it that all of these companies have been sending out these emails, these we are with you emails over the last couple of weeks? Well, brands realize that even if you're not shopping at their stores or you're not purchasing with, from them, they want to stay relevant in their consumers' lives, right? And so this is a touch point in which they can connect if they have uh, contact information, if they have email lists or other things through advertising or other means in which they can communicate with consumers and stay relevant to them and also kind of you know, brands think uh, brands have relationships with consumers. Or they and consumers have relationships with brands, and so they want to kind of maintain that relationship and act as if they're another human who would also be kind of sharing those thoughts with with consumers. So they're they're doing those same things to kind of uh, maintain that relationship and do the things that we we all do interpersonally as well with consumers. But do you think that it is viewed? positively or negatively for the most part, especially when you're talking about like the times that we are in right now? That's a great question. I think it has the potential to be either of those things, right? And so the key is that brands need to do it in a way that comes off as comes across as authentic and genuine to their consumers. Uh, the risk, of course, is that they seem like they're pandering or virtue signaling, or it just sounds insincere and, and kind of gross, right? So if the consumer does not think of this brand as someone that they have a relationship with, or they've seen, you know, a hundred of these emails already, and then they received a hundred and first, that hundred and first is going to seem less sincere than the first time with a brand that they actually kind of connect with and, and feel something for. And so you might think that, for instance, small, like smaller business, small, small businesses for which consumers are used to having uh, more human relational contact, like a small local restaurant or a uh, yoga studio or something like that, in w which consumers already kind of feel that connection to. When those brands reach out, it, it seems more human and more naturally relation, relational. When it's a giant brand in which consumers just don't think of at, at all in that relational sense because uh, it's, it's a big a big company, um, I think those those companies are, are more at risk of, of seeming disingenuous, especially if those companies are in the news for other things that don't seem so positive on, on a relational level, such as like large numbers of layoffs or um, other, you know, other, other things for which uh, consumers might see them as, as, uh, as, as strictly this kind of money make money making um, entity that doesn't care about them at all. Uh, the hypocrisy. Then, then they might start 
uh, viewing these these brands as, as hypocritical for them sending out these kind of phony virtue signaling notes. So is this virtue signaling kind of a, a relatively new concept? Because I can't think of of other times where, and obviously this is so unique what we're going through, but I can't remember right. times of, of seeing this type of activity from companies. Yeah, no, I don't think it's new. I think, you know, uh, in this uh, age of social media and uh, just big data where uh, brands have a lot more uh, digital touch points with their customers, they're, they're, they're utilizing those more than they have in far in the past. Um, but as you said, uh, this event is pretty extraordinary. And, and I think they're probably, I imagine these brands are kind of at a loss of what to do with their customers at this point. They're not uh, in contact with their customers in the way that they usually are. They're not coming yeah. to their stores. They're not uh, coming to, you know, purchasing, visiting their restaurants and, and all of that. And so they're, they're uh, they're trying to stay relevant and trying to stay part of their consumers' lives, see if they can kind of ride it out until uh, the customers start coming back to them in the more um, in in the way they had in the past. Deborah Small, marketing professor and professor of psychology at the Warden School, joining us uh, on the show. Uh, I, I saw one note that, to a degree, refers to these messages as a level of desperation, and I don't know necessarily if I agree with that, <laughs> but but it is interesting that. It, it probably for a lot of people feels that way because you're getting this message in a time of crisis almost out of the blue from a from a company you may have talked to last week or one that maybe you haven't talked to in right. six to 12 months. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So just, just as you said, we haven't experienced since a while, while ourselves as consumers, but these companies also haven't experienced things like this. So they're kind of making decisions pretty big decisions um, on, on the fly, right? And uh, it could be that in, in hindsight, perhaps maybe they should send these messages in a more targeted, careful fashion so that they're reaching the customers that are, are not, are not going to uh, perceive it as completely out of the blue, right? So maybe they should have sent these messages only to a narrow segment of consumers in which they have really, really you know, high degree of loyalty and a lot of frequent contact and not those customers that haven't shopped with them or haven't done business with them in, in years and years and happen just to be on some email list that they have. Um, but that's hindsight. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't fault the, the companies for wanting to do something and having to make a lot of uh, quick decisions about how, how to optimally do that without a lot of past experience and data to go on in this, in this unique environment. All right, so you have a lot of people that uh, also, and what I mentioned at the top, kind of falling back into a historical pattern when they are going to kind of this surge buying when they go to the grocery yeah. store or uh, other locations. I, I find it interesting that, that you talk about it being a historical pattern. Uh, so this is not the first time we've seen these these uh, kind of surge buying and we see it pretty much at any time there's a big snowstorm on the way. Um, I'm sure that we don't see it at a macro level, but individuals do this when they're going through their own personal trauma or crisis. I think what's unique here is that the whole, this all of society and the entire world is going through this crisis together. And so that's why you see these massive uh, stockouts. Um, it really comes down to the fact that this is this is all kind of a massive coping mechanism on the part of of consumers. Mm -hmm. Consumers are going through 
a lot right now. They're going through uh, high degrees of uncertainty, and thus, which produces a lot of anxiety, right? And they're going through some, you know, mourning and some loss, loss of uh, perhaps personal loss if, if they've personally been affected or know people who've been affected, um, but also just kind of loss of their normal way of life, right? Yeah. And so they're kind of grasping at ways to maintain a sense of control. And so the motivation to kind of feel in control is fundamental in human behavior. And we're all feeling kind of out of control right now. We don't have our, our all the things that we kind of expect in the we, we humans tend to have an expectation that the world is generally kind of fair and um, and you know that they maintain personal control in their environment and that's all been somewhat shattered right now and so I do think that a lot of the obsessive shopping and bulk shopping is a way in which consumers cope with that and try to maintain some control at least in their home environment by having lots of stuff around them that makes them feel safe. And, and, and I wonder if there's also the element of it, of, of actually physically going out and get this stuff instead of, you know, for many people now, it's just as easy to go ahead and, and place the order online and, and have right. it delivered to your house. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, we've gotten such kind of changing messages about that over this fast-moving fast moving developments over the past few weeks where, um you know, uh, on, if, particularly if you live in an uh, urban environment, um, there's in, increasing kind of warnings about uh, going shopping and the risks that that poses. And so, you know, online delivery services are, are kind of very busy and a lot of people are kind of turning to that. On the other hand, if, uh, if, consumer, if, if consumers are uh, feeling this kind of loss of their normal activities, I think going to the grocery store can be one one feeling of, of, you know, relative normalcy, right? Like getting out of the house and having an errand or somewhere to be other than their home, I think is probably um, uh, attractive to consumers. So I know for myself and I imagine for others, it's probably uh, sort of mixed feelings about um, whether to uh, take a small risk and go grocery shopping or uh, try to avoid that and use uh, delivery or pickup services or, or things like that, um, because there's some obviously some some uh, benefits and of, and risks of 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 um, being around other people. And, and I guess you could all could you also play that out in, in terms of the people like the going to the grocery store that that may go once every week or two and, and buy everything that they think that they need in comparison to the people right. that may be doing it more piecemeal, maybe going twice a week and, and getting a smaller amount of items. Right. Well, I think everybody is hopefully, and the advice is, is, is that everybody should be going less frequently and, and stocking up because that reduces the crowds. Um, but if consumers aren't used to shopping like that, then uh, they, they, the how much they buy and and what they buy, uh, they you know they might not be as good as like forecast as forecasting their needs for the week if they're used to shopping a couple times a week and then they're trying to uh, shop less frequently to be out less yeah. and so they might make more errors in their in their purchasing and you know buy too much or too little of things because uh, that's it's sort of out of their routine. Deborah, great to talk I to you again. Me, Thanks very much for coming on so, today. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Deborah Small, marketing professor and professor of psychology here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.